0: Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. All right, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. How many are thankful God has a plan? Can you say amen to that? How many are thankful God has a strategy? Amen. Oh. Help me, Jesus. How many are thankful God has a strategy that includes you and me? Amen. We get to be a part of this influence. So let's look at this influence. Number three, what are we looking at here? We're we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 10 and 11, a foundation for this study that we're in. And so I want to ask you a question today. What will be the impact of your life? What footprint will your life leave on this world? What am I going to leave behind me? What, what will my legacy be? You know, someone said to me, one of the uh, worship team members this morning said, You know, Pastor, we were talking about uh, the amazing uh, thing of you and Miss Phyllis being here 40 years. And let me take this moment here for Phyllis and I and say to you guys how much you blessed us last week. Your cards, your words, your kindness, your generosity. You know what? You guys are the greatest church family pastors could ever be privileged to pastor. We're so thankful. So give yourself a big hand. Would you do that? This is for, on my behalf. Give yourselves a big hand. Man, you guys are awesome. And. The question was asked of me, you know, about, uh, generations. You know, I've had the privilege. Man, I've been around here long enough now that, that, that I've, I've been able to do some things I never thought I would do in the beginning. I've dedicated babies. You know, we have baby dedication around here. We, we just present the children to the Lord, dedicate them, ask for God's blessing. Now some of the babies I dedicated when they were babies have grown up and I have done their marriage ceremony. And now they've had babies. And now I have dedicated the babies of the babies that I dedicated in this church. Now that could make me feel old. I choose to feel grateful. That's what I choose to think of about that. And and so someone said, you know, you don't think about those things or you don't. You know, uh, as Cheyenne said she was talking about it, She found out her great-grandfather uh, ha- did something with horses and handled that. Then here comes Pastor Emilio down line, and he was a rodeo cowboy. And, and so, you know, you don't think in life in the moment, do you, that what I'm doing, somebody else is going to follow behind me. That the patterns I'm setting, I'm setting them for my family. That what I'm doing today, the generations are going to be impacted by that. And so what I want us to understand is the incredible gift of influence. The incredible opportunity that God has given us to live for Him. That He gives us second chances. How many are thankful for that? That maybe we were going this direction, but now we can go this direction. That we can leave a testimony for our family. That our influence for our family for generations to come can be a testimony of the grace and the goodness of God. That God is faithful. So, so what will be the impact of our life? What influence will we leave? And, and then and most importantly, I want us to understand this is why I'm teaching this and sharing this series is that we need to understand how influence operates from God's perspective. As I look in scripture, the way that our culture would define influence is often very different than how God defines influence. And so we we begin to ask ourselves, am I looking for temporary self-serving influence or am I looking for An influence that will be eternal and honors God. Great opportunities that are here. We we look at this that that we're seeing in scripture about to read. It's a three steps. It's a process. There is this this, uh, important step of investing, sowing, recognizing what God has put in us and utilizing that. Then there is this second step that if we do the investing, sowing, giving part, then there's this increase that comes. But we must understand the increase that's a result of the investment, that the increase has an end game to it. Its purpose isn't me, it's for God. And so the invest creates increase, but the increase is all about the influence. That is left behind for God. So let's look at these scriptures today. In 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10, all right? Now he who supplies seed to the sower, God is the supplier of the seed. We got that? And we are the sowers of the seed. God invests something in us that he expects us to use for him. Now he who supplies seed to the sower, So that means all of us have some seed. How many can say amen to that? Nobody's empty handed before God. Nobody's life is void of impact before God. So now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, watch God's plan, will supply and increase your store of seed. And will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Do you see that? God... Gives a seed if we will invest the seed, if we will plant the seed, if we will release the seed. God is ready to increase the seed. Let's keep reading. Verse 11. You will be made rich in every way. I believe this says you will be enriched in every way. Watch this. You'll be made rich or enriched in every way so that. Why are we experiencing increase? Why would God increase and why would God enrich every area of our life? There's no period there, as I shared in this sentence. There's not even a comma. There's not a hesitation. There is an end result. You will be enriched in every way. Why? So that you can be generous every once in a while when you got, you know, what do people say today? I'm in my fields or something like that. Uh, in my mo, I don't, you need to get out of your fields and get in the word. Right, right, right. Too many people waiting for a feeling when you already have a command, but that's another message. <laughs> you, <laughs> you'll be enriched in every way. Why? So that you can be what? Generous. How often on every occasion, watch this and through us and through us, your generosity will result in what? See, God's influence. It results in people saying, that was the hand of God. See, when the church recognizes the seed he's put in us, and we invest it, we release it, we plant it, we sow it, God increases that. God said, I've got some people who are understanding what I'm doing. And as that increases, it causes people to say, this act of kindness was from God. They don't look at Calvary, they look at God. How did we, in, in the middle of COVID-19, 2020, give away six years worth of food? You have to say that act of generosity came from the hand of God. Influence comes yesterday at our Decatur Dream Center. People were saved. People were healed. People came back from the previous two weeks and said, this lady and her daughter prayed for me and I'm healed as a result of that. Thank you for the food. Thank you for the prayer. I've accepted Jesus. We see a process that if I will recognize what God has Placed in me, And I will release that I will invest that I will sow and plant that Listen I keep telling you Too often the only time these scriptures are read Is for an offering People have used it just to raise money This is not about money It's about life It's about every facet of your life That we begin to stop living like beggars And start living like blessers Somewhere in life we begin to get the idea. My posture in life is not this. Begging for a handout. My posture in life is like this. I am a source of the blessing of Almighty God. I'm enriched in every way. So I can be generous on every occasion. So people will say there is a God. We're Jesus with skin on in this generation. We're the body of Christ. What do people think about Jesus hanging around you and me? What does our life experience say to people around us about Jesus? This this, this is what he said. So we have to understand this. Okay, there's two statements I give us here. We have to understand that if I'm expecting increase in my life without first investing, that's unrealistic. It would be like a farmer who never planted his crop, but he goes out there every day and prays God will bring him something. Right? How foolish would that be? Well, I don't want to till the soil and I, and I don't want to plant the seed. I don't want to spend my money and plant the seed. Dear Lord, what if we have a bad crop? So I'm not going to till the soil, buy the seed, plant the seed, but I'm going to pray for God to give me a harvest. And then they get mad that God doesn't answer the prayer. Huh? Could it be that someone answered prayers that happened because we didn't do the first thing he told us to do? Okay, so if I expect an increase, I have to understand the invest. But if I stop with the increase and think that's only about me, that's very uh, shallow and selfish. Because the increase wasn't for me, it was through me. Why? To create influence for God. Is everybody with me on this? So I want you to think about your life. God has invested his His seeds in us. In us, his seeds. Pastor, what do you mean? Your gifting, your talents, okay? Your abilities, your aptitudes, your passions. He's placed his spirit in us, his nature in us. He's sown those things in us. We carry in us the seeds of God. Even in your job, your career, the business you own. Can I tell you something people don't often recognize? That you're making a living off of the seeds God has sown in you. Now you understand it. We understand it in the business arena. We need to understand it in the spiritual arena. If you have gifts, talents, and abilities... You earned a degree, you went to college, you, you've studied, you're prepared, you prepared, you, you, know, you went to technical school, you have abilities, and, and, and all that potential is there. Are you with me? But if you don't go get a job, or if you get a job and you interview and you get a job, you say, Great, I'll get a job. How much are you going to pay? Me? We're going to pay you, you know, $50,000 a year. That is awesome. And then you go home, sit down, and turn the TV on. Guess what? You're not going to make $50,000 a year. You're going to get fired. Because if you don't take your talent, your gift, your education, your ability, and go work it, you're not going to get a paycheck. See, it's not going to work. So, can I can I help with some? God doesn't have doesn't work. God doesn't have a print a, a a currency printing press in heaven. Okay, understand? God's probably going to bless your work. All right. You you want you want some money? You go to work. You want to get a paycheck, you go to work. You 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 want to increase, you, you, you work, you work, you, you're excellent, your work. It's not just okay, you got what I'm saying? The seeds are there, the ability is there, the talent is there, the opportunity is there. I've got to go do something with that. God's got God, you know, we, we say, God, I want you to bless me. God gave you something that'll bless you if you'll put it to work. God, I need I, I I need more money. Well, <clears throat> God will bless you to earn more money. God will give you thoughts and wisdom and ideas and ability. And, and so, may, I, I don't. I'm preaching on kings and priests now. I need to get back to this, but maybe maybe you should. If you if you're not getting promoted, maybe you should change the way you work. Maybe you should get there early instead of late. Maybe you should work 15 minutes after you can leave. And so the boss begins to notice you because you're not running in hiding late. hmm? And you're not standing at the door every day waiting for the clock to hit and you're you're out. You know, he may not know you work for him. You're kind of hard to find. But if you get there early when he's getting there. and, And he sees you doing things that you didn't have to do. And he sees you leaving after everybody else. I know I'm making some people mad, but some are going to get glad because you you take what I'm telling you. You're going to get a promotion. You're going to get a job. Finally, they're going to say, who is that guy? Who is that lady? And after a while, it's not just you're working for them. I want to help you with something. God wants some people working for you. God will bless you with insight, talent, and ability where you begin to have your own place. So let's stop going. on. So here's the point. God has invested seeds in his people That if we will invest the seeds, sow the seeds, use the seeds, do these things, God has an ability to increase that in our life. And it creates influence. Everybody with me right now? Okay. Now, I I want you to get this. This is critical. You and I, I want you to think of this moment. I want you to think of your life and who we are and where we are, why we are. God has invested seeds in you and I, his church, individually and together. Okay? Okay? that were never intended just for us. These gifts, talents, abilities, passions, anointings, callings are not for us. They're to go through us. He's invested seed in us, listen, that was never for us to keep, but for us to release. Listen, why? We were intended to live in this moment, to live in this place, to carry the seeds that God designed that your family and your workplace and your school and North Alabama and this nation needed. Do you understand you are like this Holy Ghost time capsule? That while you were in your mother's womb. Everybody would, you got to get this. And God began to design you. He placed in you seeds that this world needs right now. And you have been carrying those seeds in you to arrive at this moment to release the plan of God. In this nation, in this cities, in this place right now. If you had not come here right now, lived this long, found the grace of God, understood who you are, recognized who He is, and began to release what He put in you, there is something this generation would never have the ability to receive. You literally are a walking, breathing, living gift from God To release his provision, kindness, grace, mercy, hope, seeds for people that desperately need it right now. You you are, it's amazing. In your mother's womb, God said, okay, they're going to live in Decatur, Alabama, Huntsville, Alabama, Athens, Alabama, somewhere Alabama at some particular time. See, you got to get this. Some of you weren't born here, but you're here. (laughs) Some of you don't know how you got here, but you're here. Some of you never knew your job was going to bring you here, but you're here. Some of you have said, I'm never going to live in Alabama, but you're here. And you're here right now. Do you see that's no coincidence? Do you see God's plan says, look, I'm going to put this in them, invest this in them. If they will come to know me, if they will find me as their savior. If they'll begin to understand they're not just living life, sucking up oxygen, taking up space, but I design them for a moment, for a place, for a time. And as you and I begin to release these things at the right moment, at the right time, we create influence for God. Anybody with me right now? So we've got to begin to understand that when I give my time, I share my talent, I stop, I pray, I listen, I help and think, I'm not losing, I'm increasing for the glory of God. See, we, we have to stop living in lack. Have you ever thought about this? A farmer never holds a funeral when he plants seed. <laughs> when the farmer plants that seed in the ground, he doesn't have a funeral. say, it was a good seed. I really like that seed. I'm sorry, I'm never going to see that seed again. Let's all think about seed. He doesn't have a funeral when he plants his seed. He plants that seed and says, oh, I'll see you again. And bring all your friends with you when you come back. Oh, it's not a funeral. It's a celebration. See, that farmer knows if I plant that seed, I got to let go. I got to let go. But a lot of people, you know, if you use money. A lot of people go to church to give an offering. It's like, ah. It's hurting back here in my wallet. <laughs> if I cash-app anything more, Pastor, you know, Pastor, he, may, he says he's making it easy, but what he's doing is just roping me in. I mean, I can't get away from it. I thought if I'd leave my wallet at home, I wouldn't have to tithe today. And then he stands up and says, you can text to give. And you get the phone out It's like this. You better be careful. You won't give a thousandth of a hundred if you keep acting like that. Maybe the will of God, but anyway. You understand? He doesn't have a funeral when he plants a seed because he's going to see that seed again. And it's going to increase and it's going to bring a harvest. You realize that when I love somebody that doesn't love me back, I didn't sacrifice, I invested. I put something in this situation. When I bless those who curse me, I'm not a martyr. I'm blessed to increase by the glory of God. And the end game is not what I get, but I'm going to influence for the glory of God. Do you recognize that? People say, "I," you know, Peter did it. Jesus said, you need to forgive him. Peter said, uh, well, how many times I I forgave him? Seven times. Now, you know what we would do? See, that's human generosity. Peter said, do I forgive seven times? Seven was the perfection number for Jews. So you know what we would do. We got somebody we don't like, and, and they're making us mad, and we count. That's one. Yeah. Yeah. That's two. We get to number six. If <laughs> he does it again today, that's seven. I forgive you. Tomorrow I'm going to clean his cloth. Eight. Boom. No, Jesus said 70 times seven. See, I invest. I didn't lose it. I gained something. Are you with me? I don't hold a funeral when I invest. I start to celebrate. Why? Because I'm enriched in every way. We recognize the influence. Pastor, why are you asking me to pray over three names? Because I believe God brought you into North Alabama for such a time as this. And there are three people in the wisdom of God that he placed in your life that you're the connection to influence him for God. Can anybody say amen to that? I I believe i didn't hear all that but i'm by faith I, you said it i i believe you're going to pray at two o'clock every day and say god i'm not just walking through this day i've got an alarm i'm praying in this moment my church family's praying i have this card this card's not just a card i'll put it somewhere it, it is an invitation it is an opportunity to influence somebody could come to jesus through this See, this is for people who still believe that Jesus is the only hope for this nation we're living in right now. See, influences for people who are still amazed at the grace of God in their life. Anybody still amazed at what God did for you? This is for people who still believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And that he will do what he said he would do. Look at this definition of influence. I haven't given it since the uh, beginning early on. I want you to see this influence. I want to make sure you understand this. Look at this with me. Uh, And I told you there's human influence and there's godly eternal influence. So what is this? The capacity, influence, to have an effect. Look at this. On the character, development, or behavior of someone. But the rest of this definition. Look at this. The rest of the definition is what's amazing. The act of causing an effect without force or direct command. Now, see, our culture would give you the first part of that, not the second part of it. Because we don't believe that we can influence without having force or command. So, what are we talking about? I'm glad you asked that. Look at 1 Peter 3.15 with me. 1 Peter 3.15. Turn with me in your Bible. Are you ready? Here it is. Look at this. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord, okay? Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. See influence? Look, you got to be a Christian because I'm a Christian. That's not how we do it. You have to go to church because I go to church. Leave that up. But in your hearts, be ready because the way you live, the way you invest, the way you sow, the way you give, the way you plant, the way you honor God, the way you do that is going to increase in its impact until people become so influenced that they come to you and say, I need to understand why you have such hope. I want to know in 2021, coming out of 2020, still trying to maneuver and navigate our way through the COVID-19 crisis, why are you happy all the time? Why do you have hope all the time? Why did you forgive me when I didn't deserve to be forgiven? Why are you the kind of person you are? Do you see the godly motive and directive of influence is not something I made you do. It's something that you desire to do. It begins to direct your thoughts, your intent, your character. And you begin to say, I want what that person has. I need to know what that person has. You see, this influence is because we have invested and given and shared and blessed. You see, there is a counterfeit influence. And there's a kingdom of God influence. Which, which one are we doing? See, we can... Uh, probably one of the worst things that ever happened to Christianity was early on, out of a good intention... <clears throat> A a, a, a ruler, a leader, uh, mistook how the kingdom operates. One of the early Greek kings accepted Christ as his savior. And he marched his entire army to the edge of the Mediterranean and told him to walk in the waters and dip yourself and come up. We baptize you now in the name of Jesus. We have a Christian army. Well, what's wrong with that? Good intent But you see, it's not getting wet that saves you. It's accepting Jesus that saves you. It's not an outer act that changes your life. It's the surrender of your heart. And so Christianity became an act instead of a choice. Christianity became a form instead of a relationship. See, influence is not a king saying, you have to go dip in the water, now you're a Christian. Influence in the kingdom is, I have so sown Jesus in your life. I have so been consistent day in and day out. I have so loved you and helped you and shared and given that you finally come to me and say, I need to talk. I want to know what's going on in your life. You say, well, pastor, I'm not perfect. I've had some bad days. Well, they see you on those days. Come back around and say, hey, I blew it yesterday. I'm sorry. I miss that when I'm off, but this is where I want to be. And see, influence in the kingdom is because people have seen the investment of him through you. And the influence is now, I want to know the hope that's going on in your life. See, we can't miss it. It, it, it is a servant influence. It is, it, it is something that happens because we love, because we give. Let, let me let, let me paint a picture. In the upper room at the Last Supper, final illustration to his disciples everything if you'll read in that last supper discourse jesus is preparing those disciples to lead the church with him gone everything was there and so this final illustration he wants to give them let let, let me let me make sure you get the setting here it's uh well (laughs) let's look at this let me let me back up let's go to matthew 20 verse 25 look at look about five verses with me let me show you. There's kingdom influence. There's counterfeit influence. Matthew 20, verse 25. Before I read this, here's the setting. Jesus has just told his disciples previous in this same chapter, they're headed to Jerusalem for the final time. Listen, get this. You got to get this. He says, all right, we're going to Jerusalem and I'm not leaving. I'm not coming back. What do you mean? They're going to crucify me. They're go- I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to die on the cross. Three days later, I'm going to be raised, but I'm about to go die on the cross. Do you understand? That's the last thing he told him, all right? <laughs> so then we get to Matthew 20 and verse 25. So what, do, what would you do? Jesus says, I'm going to die. They're going to crucify me. It's going to be a horrible, wicked, cruel death, and I need you to understand that. Okay? So what do we do? Immediately, James and John run to their mother, okay, mama boys, and she goes to Jesus and said, okay, they just said I'm about to die on a cross. She says, okay, I got a question for you. What's that? Can little Johnny, little Jamie, can one sit on your right hand and one on your left hand when you come in your kingdom? Wouldn't you want to say, really? I just said I'm going to die, and your response is, what do the boys get when you go? What, what are we going to do here? Okay, Jesus said this. I need to help you understand something. He says, look at verse 25. He says, Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Remember what influence is not because of command or force. The world's leaders exercise their heart. Verse 26. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be your dear God. We don't use that word anymore. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Do you get that? They're arguing over who's going to get positions in the kingdom. He said, I'm going to die. Do you not understand what I'm going to do? He said, I didn't come to serve, be served, but to serve. And give my life as a ransom for many. Do you know how we create and invest our influence in the kingdom? Do you know how we create influence for God? It's not by stepping on people. It's by serving people. It's not by putting me first. It's by putting you first. It's by creating influence for the kingdom of God. It was a radical thing and then he takes him to the upper room to make this final illustration and they're arguing again about who's going to be greatest. It was a custom in those days when you went into a home for a meal because of dusty dirty streets and you wore sandals, the owner of the home would have a servant to wash the feet of those coming in to eat. But the servant wasn't there that day and the proud disciples weren't about to wash each other's feet. So Jesus, after teaching and teaching, trying to get them to understand, I'm going, you have to understand how to lead the church. Said so he took off his outer cloak and wrapped a towel around his waist. Jesus! And knelt and washed the dirty feet of the disciple. Judas, who he knew was about to betray him. Jesus washed Judas' feet. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> the other 11 would run and flee. He washed their feet. Do you understand? We don't only love those who are going to love us back. We don't only serve those who are going to give me something. He washed the feet of his betrayer. He washed the feet of those who would leave him. Why? Because he said, I want to give you an example. And what do we know about Jesus? We know Philippians 2 said we should have the same mind that's in Christ who didn't consider equality with God something he had to cling on to but made of himself a servant came in the form of man humbled himself died on our cross and what happened? Then God the Father raised him to the highest place in the universe the way we influence for God is not what I grab not what I hold not what I force not what I demand but what I invest invest, invest, invest and God increases that until everyone has to say, only God could be doing this thing. Only God could be making this happen. Only God in his mercy. See, we, we, I want to kind of bring this here. But the, the bottom line is, we've got to ask you, what, what's our source? How do we do that? What, what, what do we do to stay in touch Connected, how do we love people when they don't love us back? See, this isn't just Sunday morning in church where you got a Holy Spirit buzz going on. This is life, this is life. It works in every place if we give God opportunity. So, 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 how do I do this? You know, you can be in church but never learn how to live in the kingdom. You understand. throughout Jesus' ministry, there was always two groups of people, the crowd and the disciples. And and the disciples were in the crowd, but they were not of the crowd. Everybody with me? See, there's two groups. You you can be in church, but never make the decision, I'm going to trust God and invest my life. I'm going to start letting go of some things and quit acting like a funeral every time I have to be nice. Quit acting like a funeral every time I invest in someone's life. Quit acting like I'm going to starve to death every time I obey and give to God. I- I'm, I'm going to invest my life. I'm, I'm going to stop measuring everything by what does it do for me. And I'm going to begin to do what Jesus said I should do. I'm, I- I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to invest. I- I- I'm, I'm going to realize. And so how do I do that? I have to be drawing off a source. I have to have something greater than me. Remember, he gives the seed. So if I stay in touch with the seed giver... I'm going to always have some seed to give. If I disconnect, I'm going to run out. Are you with me? Jesus said it like this in John 15. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me, you'll bear much fruit. If you disconnect from me You'll die Because apart from me You can do nothing I cannot source the kingdom by myself But if I stay connected If I'm praying If I'm in that word If I'm worshiping If I'm walking with him Anybody with me today Saying God I want you God I need you God walk with me Lead me Guide me today Oh man I blew it God I'm sorry Come on Let's get up I said it's not my perfection It's my direction If I am falling. I'm going to fall forward, anybody with me today I'm going to keep running into the grace of God And as long as I remain with the vine His life flows, His life flows The seed flows, the abilities there Look with me in Ephesians chapter 5 Let's go to Ephesians 5 in verse Uh, Well, where where do I want to go? Man, I'm editing a lot I got a lot to preach to you next week, this is good Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 Turn there with me, Ephesians 5 15 I wanna bring this to a close. Ephesians 5 15. What's my source, guys? What's my source? Who's, what seed is in my life? What resources are in my life? What am I drawing from? See, uh, what, what, what is influencing me? This is the thought I wanna leave with us. I can never influence anyone with, with something that's not influencing me. You understand? I can't release what I've never received. I can't influence you for Christ if Christ's not influencing me. Anybody with me right now? Ephesians 5.15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. How many want to be wise? Okay. What do we do? Make the most of every opportunity. That's what we're doing. Easter countdown. Got me? Making the most of every opportunity. Okay. Because the days are evil. Watch. Therefore, do not be foolish. Look at these words wise run wise, foolish or not. But understand what the Lord's will is. How many want to live in the Lord's will? Okay, watch. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. What's influencing me? What fountain am I drinking out of? What vine am I connected to? What's my source? What's my influence? I can't influence you with something that hasn't influenced me. I, 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 can't, I, I can't release to you what hasn't been released in me. Jesus said in John 7, verse 37, Out of your belly, out of your spirit, out of the deep part of you will flow rivers of living water. If I'm drinking from the fountain of life, I'm releasing the fountain of life. Are you with me? What What's my source? What's my influence? What's, what's going on? I mean, let, let, let me, let me, uh, yeah, I'm going to go there. Let me just be honest. See, See, oh, I, I, or my, he says, be filled with the spirit. Don't be filled with these other things. So what if, what if we got pulled over and, and they want us to check, see if we are if we ha- might need a DUI. So, what influence am I driving under right now? You with me? <laughs> Got quiet. Some of you had one of those things. Okay. See, see, what 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 am I under? I, uh, let, let's let's maybe we need an LUI, living under the influence. What what's your LUI? Come I, listen to me. See, what fountain am I drinking from? What's influencing me? What's flowing through my life? Where am I drinking? See, some of you may be drinking your Bud, but it hadn't made you any wiser. <laughs> Somebody needs to say it. I'm going to say it on this side over here too. So where are you drinking? What are you drinking? You being filled with the Spirit? You're wise? That bud's not making you wiser. I don't care what they named it. I know the fountain that's going to make me wise. Come on, somebody don't shout me down. <laughs> What's my drug of choice? What's my stimulant? What calms my nerves or wakes me up? Come on, I, I see uh, the, there may be weeping for the night, but i 've got joy waking me up in the morning. I've got the promise of Almighty God on the other side. I don't need somebody to artificially stimulate me when I have the God who says He is good all the time. He's able all the time. Listen, you can legalize anything you want to legalize and it doesn't make it right. What I'm asking you is what are you drinking from? What's your motivation? You can legalize marijuana all day long. Just because it's legal doesn't mean it's godly. Just because somebody says it's okay. I I know I'm going to mess with some people right now. And so, well, I'm not even going to go there. When I'm not going to go there. It's just for medical purposes. Well, okay. So, what I'm saying right now is that we need to understand that there is a fountain that I can drink of every day that will bring the blessing and favor of God in my life and I can't influence you if I'm not under the influence I can't impact you if I'm not impacted I cannot create influence if I'm not investing and increasing in the presence of God but I want to be able to do that in fact maybe they're going to give me a blood test and say well, well you know we're not sure what he's under the influence of let's test his blood oh I hope they do because if they test your blood and my blood it's full of the veins of the blood of Jesus Christ who went to the cross on our behalf and shed his blood there's a foreign substance in us come on somebody needs to help me out right now I got some foreign substance in me it didn't come from this earth I wasn't born from the will of a man and inseminated with human reproduction I was born again by the spirit of almighty God and there's a foreign kingdom sword. So, okay, I can tell. So go ahead and stand up with me. Come on. I want the worship team to come. I gonna give you one last scripture while I'm standing. Isaiah 61, 7. You need to find it. Isaiah 61, 7. I know I just ripped up half everything this then, but it's okay. Isaiah 61, 7. Everybody look at this. Come on, worship team. See, here's what I want you to see. (laughs) I give this one illustration. There's so many more. I want you to stop with this. Look, Look at this. This is huge. So what do I do, pastor? Because life's not always fair, is it? Is life always fair? No. Do bad things happen to good people? Yes. Yes. Are families dysfunctional and create hardship on kids? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. So what do I do? How do I live? How do I do this thing? What what, what am I teaching Who's your source? What are you pulling on? What are you drawing from? What's influencing us? That's how we influence the world around us. See, even though when something is done wrong, some things are wrong in this world. This isn't heaven. It's earth. This is the battleground. This is the war zone. Some bad things happen here. But there's a good God with us. But I have to decide, are you with me? How am I going to respond to the unfair things, to the wrong things? When you hurt me, when you lie to me, when you abuse my trust, when you broke your vow, when you, when you abuse me, what am I going to do? How am I going to live with that? Well, I can take revenge. I can become bitter. I can become angry. I can live my life looking in the rearview mirror saying I am what I am today because of what you did back there. Those are options. Everybody with me? I can live my life as a debt collector. You owe me this. You owe me that. You owe me apology. You owe me... And, and, and that's one place to draw from. Or you can go to God, to your source. And this is what I want to say. Instead of your shame, you'll receive a double portion. My God. Did anybody just hear that? So I want to ask you who you're drawing from. What's your source today? What do I do when life's not fair? I can react and take it in my hands. I can do it the way man does it. Or I can say, God, I'm going to go to the source right now. I'm going to release the kingdom. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to let go. I'm going to walk on. I read this on Pastor Mitch's Facebook this week. I liked it. It said, unforgiveness is the only prison in the world where the inmates hold the key. You want to get out of bitterness? you got a key. You, you, you want to get out of despair and depression? You've got a key. Walk up to the door of the cell that Satan has robbed your potential and put the key of forgiveness in and say, I am not revengeful and bitter and victimized. I am receiving a double portion for my shame. Where the enemy had me, God's blessed me twice. I'm going to live double for my trouble. Who's your source? I want us to go back to that last worship song we experienced together. Today I believe there are people in this room and people with me online where you've said, I'm tired of the counterfeit kingdom. I'm tired of living in a prison when I've got a key. I'm tired of standing in a place blaming you that I don't have freedom where I have the potential to walk out this very minute. I'm going to live with the double portion. I'm going to be increased until I influence for God. Anybody with me today? Maybe today there's been something happened in your life that was wrong. You're innocent. But you're not a victim. You're an overcomer. It's not your fault. There was nothing you could do about it. But God has a double portion waiting for you. He's going to pay you back for the shame. Anybody ready to get the years redeemed that the devil has stolen away from you? Come out of this thing? You may not ever had a father that loved you, but you've got a heavenly father, dear God, that thinks you're worth the death of your big brother. Jesus, use the key. Use the key. Use the key. Quit letting those people ruin your life. Come on, use the key today.